If you're like me and the pandemic made you rethink in-store grocery shopping, then Instacart is for you. Instacart connects you with a personal shopper in your area to deliver the products you love from your local stores. They also highlight deals to help you save money. You'll get the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. Instacart is offering free delivery on your first order over $35. Click the link in the show notes to let Instacart know we sent you and you'll help support our show. Hi, this is Chanel. Hi, this is Stacy. Hey, nerds, this is Ashley. And this is Fanfic Fanatics. Hi, everyone. For today's one shot, I have a special treat for you. It's called Punch Drunk Fingertips by Tamer of Dark Stars. A summary of this one shot is, in a world where every touch of a soulmate leaves a temporary heat mark on bare skin, Draco Malfoy suddenly finds his life devolving into a massive cliche because the boy who lived twice has no idea how to respect the personal space bubble. So this is a dreary fic, and it even says in the tags that it's a lot of fluff, so we're here for it this week. While it wasn't expressly stated in their temporary truce agreement, Draco would have thought that Potter would understand that personal space bubble was still in effect, especially in semi-public places like the middle of the damn corridors. But no, the boy who lived twice, came flying around the corner, green eyes huge, round circles behind askew glasses, and spotted Draco trying to walk and dig in his bag at the same time, and grabbed him around the wrist, and yanked like they'd been best mates for years, instead of the awkward truce, maybe we don't want to kill each other acquaintances for a month and a half. Malfoy, great good, come with me. What the bloody fucking hell, yelped Draco, stumbling as Potter continued to half run, half power walk his way down the fourth floor corridor. Potter didn't respond until they were in the empty study area, yanking Draco towards a bookshelf shoved against a wall in the corner. Without pause, Potter pulled his wand from his pocket with the hand not currently holding Draco's and waved it. The bookshelves creaked forward and Potter pulled Draco into into the dimness beyond, letting the shelf swing shut behind them. Potter sighed, relieved, and slumped against the wall. Draco stared at his murky profile in complete and utter disbelief. What, he began, the fucking hell is wrong with you? Potter shook his head. Don't you read the Daily Prophet? Why would I read the Daily Prophet, Draco snarled. And with good reason. The Prophet had been trying desperately to make up the fuckery that was its reporting for the last two years with articles on Death Eaters and their families. To inform the people. The Malfoy family and its epic backflip from Grace was featured almost as often as Harry Potter, the hero of the wizarding world. That is to say, every single bloody page. So no, pardon Draco if he did not support the morons at that ridiculous newspaper. Rita Skeeter can kiss my... Potter cut him off. They did another soulmate article on me, which unfortunately involves half this bloody school going batshit insane. Draco was startled into snorting and... and most undignified noise considering. And here I would think that you would love that. You clearly don't know me that well, Potter said dryly and started to walk. 
This had the unfortunate effect of both Draco and Potter realizing that Potter's fingers were still loosely clasped around Draco's wrist, and they leaped apart almost immediately. Draco bumping into the side of the narrow passageway Potter had dragged him into without his permission. Potter looked vaguely... Potter looked vaguely sheepish in the gloom, and Draco decided for both their sanities not to comment. Draco's wrist was warm where Potter had been gripping it. Draco also decided to firmly ignore this. Where the hell are we? Secret passageway leads to the seventh floor corridor, right by the portrait of Sor, right by the portrait of Sir Catagon. And we are here because. Because Potter shot him a look over his shoulder as they walked, Potter in front of Draco bringing up their rear, one hand on the wall. 90% of the school is currently trying to grab me to see if their fingers leave the mark on my skin, and Ron and Hermione are still in their honeymoon relationship stage, and it's sickening to be around them. This did not answer Draco's question, and he scolded at the back of Potter's head as they walked. Every time the prophet did a soulmate article, it would inevitably bring the discussion around Potter and how the boy that lived twice was still single, ladies, and how someone out there was lucky enough to own the fingertips that would make the distinguishing soul mark marks on Potter's delicate porcelain skin. The paper did tend to go on about Potter's skin. As did some rather frightening editorial pieces that fantasized about the very topic. Not that Draco ever read them. Because he previously stated he did not read the Daily Prophet. That still doesn't explain why you grabbed me and dragged me here. Potter scoffed. Well, you're not likely to suddenly try and jump my bones, are you, Malfoy? Well, that conjured up some mental images. Now, didn't it? Draco cleared his throat uncomfortably and tried to purge the sudden and vivid fantasy from his mind. Not likely, Potter. And since we're friends and all now, excuse me, I was under the impression we were truced. Potter shot him a look that clearly said he was being an idiot and Draco prickled. I seem to remember offering to be a friend years ago when someone thought he was too good for it. Potter sighed and stopped so suddenly that Draco nearly ran into him. Malfoy, come on. That was first year, and to be fair, you were kind of a git. I was not, Draco said instantly, folding his arms, and Potter snickered. Used to slick your hair back like some kind of muggle film star. Now that was just too much. Are you making fun of my hair, Potter? Draco demanded scowling at him you when yours looks like it's been draco cut himself off suddenly realizing the rest of his sentence was about to include the words shagged in a windstorm and deciding that maybe that was not the way he wanted to take this conversation potter didn't seem to notice draco's sudden lack of words and shrugged at him i'm glad you stopped i liked it better this way then he pushed up then he pushed on the wall which opened outwards in the seventh floor corridor and he stepped out of the passage into the light leaving draco standing there for a moment gaping at him did Potter just compliment his hairstyle? Ha, fuck you, Blaze. People did notice. All that time Draco spent in the mirror in the mornings was worth it. Potter was looking both ways up and down the corridor when Draco stepped out of the secret passage into the corridor proper. Draco took a moment to examine him from his stupid windswept hair into the casual muggle clothing he was wearing and huffed irritably. Friends. Potter called them friends. After all this, they were friends. Draco reached down to switch his back to his other shoulder and something caught his eye. His wrist, the one Potter had just been gripping as he dragged him along as he dragged Draco along the evasive mission, was dotted with deep orange fingerprints. Draco stared for a moment, then a moment longer. Bloody hell, he muttered, reaching up with the other hand and swiping his fingers through his hair. This was all too much, he couldn't handle it. Of course it made perfect sense, and of course it had to happen now. In this strange eighth year, after the war, after years of school rivalry, after Draco had saved Potter's life and Potter had returned the favor. 
a fucking course. Potter, Draco snapped, feeling sick of the painful cliche that was his life as he redeemed villain as a redeemed villain in Potter's epic life story of adventure and romance. Merlin, they'd been truce for, what, a month, and they were soulmates? What was next? Soul bonding? Mind speak? Bloody secret post-school undercover or training missions with only the possible solution to the problem at hand was to fake a snog fest? No, Draco was having none of it. Give me your arm. Potter turned around, confusion flashing across his face, but held out his arm anyway. Draco dropped his bag on the floor, marched up to him, and grabbed his wrist, rolling Potter's sleeve up to the elbow. What on the earth are you? Potter's words trailed off as Draco, with the tip of his pointer finger, traced his own first name in cursive on Potter's arm. It seemed to glow in the dying sunlight that slanted in from the window, somewhere between red and orange, pulsing with warmth against Potter's skin. Potter stared at it for a moment, then looked up at Draco, who wordlessly held his arm up so Potter could see his own stupid fingerprints beginning to fade around Draco's wrist. Huh, Potter said, blinking rapidly, and Draco shook his head. That's unexpected. That's because you don't read, Potter, Draco muttered, letting his arm fall to his side. Anyone with half a brain and access to any novel written in the last 20 years could have seen this coming. Harry, what? Potter grinned, and then Draco felt suddenly like he was losing any control that he may have had over the situation. I'm about to kiss you. You may as well start calling me Harry. Draco's ears had suddenly stopped working after the word kiss, and he gaped at Potter as the savior of the wizarding world and his ex-enemy stepped forward, gripping Draco by the shoulders, and seriously, how was this his life? But then Potter was leaning in. Draco must have leaned in too, must have swayed forward unconsciously, meeting him halfway because they were kissing. Draco's bag hit the floor, tipping it to its side in a slump daze, but Draco didn't really, couldn't really care less at this point, because every point of his skin contact was blazing warm, and he reached up like he wanted to for ages and swept pale fingers into Potter's dark hair, slanting their mouths together, and bloody fucking hell, he could stand here and kiss Harry fucking Potter for years. What ho, vile interlopers. Draco jumped violently, and Potter broke away with a gasp of surprise, stepping to the side and stumbling over Draco's dropped bag. There were a few moments of scrambling during which Draco grabbed Potter, uh, Harry, should it be Harry now, by the elbow and hauled him to his feet. They had been interrupted by a portrait of a knight. Harry had called him Cadogan. Draco recalled who was scowling down at them and waving his lance. I'll not have such a flagrant disregard for personal boundaries happening beneath me, the portrait's occupant shouted, and Harry snorted. Parted us, Sir Catagon, he said, raising his hands defensively. We were uh, just moving somewhere more private. Were we? Draco asked blankly, and Harry shot him a glare. Harry's who lips were bright, blinding red. Draco burst out laughing, clapping a hand over his mouth to stifle the noise, but it was too late. The grin on Harry's face was just as wide, and Draco realized suddenly that if Potter's lips were red, then... Nice lipstick, Draco. Potter teased lightly, and Draco whacked him on the shoulder. Huh. This was surprisingly easy. The rhythm, like it had been right. Like this was what all the pigtail pulling had been leading up to. Plus, he just snogged Harry Bloody Potter, and the world hadn't come to end, so that was something. Cadigan was still blobbing on about something or another, but Draco ignored him because Harry was grinning, and the red on his lips was beginning to fade already. Well, you're a failure, Potter, Draco said airily, bending down to pick up his bag. Harry blinked, looking confused and a bit put out when Draco continued. 
You were trying to escape hordes of students trying to touch, test you, and manage to run into the one person on the entire planet you're apparently destined to be stuck with for your entire life. Nice going, idiot. Harry snorted, stepping close as Draco primally arranged his bag on his shoulder. Shut up, Harry said fondly, putting both his hands on the side of Draco's face and leaning in to kiss him again. Draco ignored the fact that Harry had put both of his hands on Draco's face for the sole purpose of making handprints on his skin and kissed him back because Draco was, in fact, a cunning, a resourceful Slytherin and two could play this little handprint game. And Draco very much intended to. The end. Would you guys think? Well, first of all, I love that Toby helped you read this one <laughs> shot this week. Well, you know, what a good boy. Toby wanted to be included. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so cute. I love a little Harry and Draco fluff. I thought you guys would appreciate that from the one one shot I picked that was not as fluffy. (laughs) (laughs) It was cute. Like, very much, um, like, what, like, canon with their characters. They, like, still were, like, bickering. (laughs) They were still bickering and fighting. And, um, but obviously they had, you know, their little crushes on each other. It was cute. Yeah. You know what I find interesting? The more fix and like one shots that we that we read about Draco and Harry and like everybody, it's you know Draco or Harry is a very strong character, but not he almost needs somebody like Hermione or Draco or Pansy that is more not stronger than him, just brings out like his qualities. His his yeah, I don't know how to describe it. They're like not, another strong character. Yeah, but like in a different way, I guess. Like. That, like, counters him, that yeah. um, balances him. Yeah, I think that's why Ginny in the books was good, because she's fiery and yes. Yes. feisty. But I yes. think that's why in the movies, everybody was like, well, Harry and Hermione should be together, because, you know, Hermione's fiery, and she does all these things, and Ginny is so muted. Yeah, she's a good balance. She's a good um, equal to him. Yeah. Versus, yeah, that's why, that's why I like reading... <clears throat> pansy and harry you're right because yeah. it's he is in the book harry because i think harry even in the movies is very muted like yeah, he has very a, much so. a few one-liners but in the books harry is sassafras and to the sarcastic max. yes I mean, and it doesn't translate in the movies no i mean the one of the best lines is when he's like no need to call me professor sir yeah. to snape <laughs> when I'm, I'm like yes and we don't see that at all no. like i mean he is no. so sassy and mm-hmm. um and yeah, you're right. It, it works with Ginny because Ginny ends up coming into her own. Yeah. But again, we don't see that in the movies. And so you're right to have him with Draco. We know Draco's sassy. We know yeah. Draco's fiery. And so that works. But yeah, he needs a strong character. Mm-hmm. And then, he needs a sassy, fiery character. Yeah, that can hold hold their own. Um, so yeah. And so, that's also why Ron and Hermione don't work. Not that that has anything to do with... Yeah, Ron's, Ron's not fire ron is bullheaded and um stubborn well i guess hermione is too that's what i'm saying though they're the same but they're not but i feel like that's why they don't work well together because they they do not balance each other at all yeah it's like a they clash they clash and and um butt heads and can't give or take on any yeah no compromise it's it's he because he's he's fiery too but in a bad way (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway, so um good so, yeah. pick. I like that. I hope you liked it. Oh <laughs> Toby has the hiccups. <laughs> Is he gonna do it? <laughs> oh, we got it. Okay, you guys have a great week. Thanks, we'll guys. Thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs>